are back. We are back two weeks in a row. Can you believe it, Derek? I cannot. I personally cannot because we are, are very bad about uh, being routine. But they say if you are consistent with your content, that is how you actually grow an audience <laughs> and turn out a product that people want to hear. Uh, so I'm excited to be back on the mic. Hello, hello. Welcome to Match Point Number 9, a Tennis Bets podcast. I am David E.J. Berger. You can find our show handle at MP9 Tennis. And if you're checking us out for the first time, that's probably how you found us. And guess what? I am happy to announce we are now not just on Spotify, but we are on Apple as well. So we are pretty much on every platform. I Maybe not Stitcher, but uh, Spotify, Apple, the, the, the big ones out there. We are, we are there. And with me as always, my number one tennis talking bro, Derek. Derek, hello. What's up, everybody? It's been uh, only seven days since we last spoke, and we actually seems like we're like a real podcast now, coming in with two episodes in a matter of one week. It's exciting, and I'll tell you why it's exciting for me too. Is like even if like let's say no one listens to this podcast, which I I'm actually surprised there are people that do. Um, I'm excited to carve out some time to just talk about tennis because. I want to talk about it. It's bursting out of me. Um, I'm I'm excited to 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 chat about this sport and and gambling on this sport. We're a gambling podcast, but you know we're also a ten- you know, we're a tennis podcast too. It's all all encompassing. ATP, ATP though. We don't really do any WTA here. Yeah, the WTA. It's like if we started betting on that, dude, we'd probably be losing a lot of money. Um, <laughs> it's too rocky for me. Uh, yeah, I, I think that like you see people um, in the tennis gambling world uh, accusing uh, guys who lose as being WTA players. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you want some money on Andreski though, yeah? Oh, oh yeah. BB was back, and uh, it was yeah nice to cash on her money line, especially uh, I doubled up live. That was nice because she got broke early and then came back. Yeah, I want some money today on uh, Contave. Um, so it's not like we're dogging the, the WTA. It's just, uh, we just kind of get in where it fits in. So, and I just feel like there's just a little less opportunities there. And today spotted a good opportunity with her set down and then she stormed back and won two straight sets. So cashed nice. in there. Very nice, Derek. You know, last week when I listened back to our episode, one of my favorite parts uh, of the episode, Derek was when we spoke about just being a general tennis fan, uh, going to a bar, maybe trying to, you know, strike up a conversation about tennis. Uh, so I thought, you know, because we are a weekly podcast and, you know, we're going to talk about tournaments of the week coming up and what we saw and that information kind of dies, but, uh, I always like moving forward here to kick off some, some content that, uh, just to have some fun. And uh, won't be like uh, dead in two days. So um, <laughs> we'll we'll start with our first segment here, and that's just life of a tennis fan. Last week we discussed uh, me going to a bar and seeing Tennis Channel on TV, and the bartender telling me that, uh, oh yeah, that was just left on from before. <laughs> before. <laughs> so uh, this time around, um, uh, I'm on a lot of a lot of work zooms right now, Derek. Okay. And you see my background now, <laughs> which is the Barcelona Open. So last week, I was like, you know, I, I saw some people with, you know, first off, like, we're still living this remote life, right? You have the background, like people have just very boring backgrounds, whatever. And there is an option to upgrade it with with a cool background. So I was like, you know what? I'm a tennis guy. I'm going to put it out there that I'm a tennis fan. I'm going to put <laughs> the Monte Carlo tournament in the background. A nice little shot. It's a beautiful location, as we talked about last week. I put that in the background just for funsies. And so I did that. I did that. And um, I was like, oh, maybe someone, you know, what is that? Oh, oh, where is that? Oh, is that is that tennis? Um, <laughs> yeah. So what was the feedback like? Yeah. No comments. No nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty America much still zero. rolls on on tennis. It's uh, non-existent over here is what it seems like. Yeah. So pretty much looked like a total freak, apparently. Um, that So much so that no one commented on it. 
Um, but I'm going to roll with it. Last week I did Barney Carlo. I got the, the Barcelona background this week. Uh, I'm going to, I'll let, I'll, if we actually do routinely hit the mics, uh, I will give updates on anyone from my work commenting on my backgrounds, even just like a general curious, like, oh, I see you've changed it. Well, uh, where are they at this week? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> I've been they waiting in, for you to bring this up. This they whole are week. in Rome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well we can give the bars a break this week at least the ones here on the west coast granted that the matches are starting at freaking 2 a.m after their closing time so uh i think they, they still need to catch up but we'll give them a week off yeah i know great time to be in vegas which is actually a terrible time to bet uh tennis in but we can save that for another <laughs> another podcast mm-hmm. um let's pivot over to another evergreen content segment and derek I say evergreen, and I was a little bit high on a run, and I came up with this this name for it. Um, this is going to be a weekly segment that I have dubbed Ever in the Green. Um, this is just some general gambling advice that I think whatever, if you want to tune back a couple weeks and, and catch up on, on the podcast, um, you won't be you know listening to like just stale info talking about Monte Carlo or Barcelona. There's some some takeaway you can still have. So kicking off our first ever, not our first ever, we did some evergreen content, but our first ever in the green content. Um, I'm going to talk about the dubious nature of closing line value in tennis. Now, Derek, everyone knows and loves closing line value. It's like the key to most sports gambling life. Like you, you, you want to have your bets in before that line closes because you get tons of value. This is true in like football, uh, basketball, uh, you know, pretty much every major sport that that closing line value really is something you're, you're, you're keyed into getting. That said, and the reason I, I even bring up this segment, I listened to a great podcast uh, called Market Insights uh, with Josh Applebaum. He w- works for VSIN. He has a great angle that I think, uh, you know, mo- I think most of tennis gambling is based around you know, hitting it, you know, analysis of like, oh, this guy's going to hit it to his backhand. Oh, he's got a weak forehand. Oh, this guy's a clay quarter versus a hard quarter. But I tell you what, you can play the market just like you can any other sport. Um, and, and this guy's whole podcast is built around just making picks and plays off market movement, off line movement, off where the cash uh, is located on bets and taking the other side. And something I have noticed and really keyed on over the last six months is that closing line value is very dubious in tennis. And I'll give you some examples here, Derek. Okay. The reason I bring it up is just this weekend. Okay. Uh, So Stefanos Tsitsipas opened as a minus 148 favorite on the money line in his match against Alexander Zverev. Now that was Zverev was a very trendy dog in that match. Okay. Trendy. I, I have zero clue why. I mean, he is like, okay. on clay, but I mean, as we mentioned in the last podcast, uh, Steph is pretty good on clay. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some people I will say that including us. So I was pretty hot on Steph off the top. I even tweeted out like, cause he had that thriller versus Schwartzman, um, you know, the, the match before, I was like, thank you for the dramatics because we might actually get you under minus 150 on the money line as a result, which I was right because we got on at minus 148. Okay, so over the you know, over the time before the first serve, Derek, let me tell you what, this crashed all the way down to minus one twenty on the money line before it closed. Uh I wish I had the games information, but I'm sure it came down a game a half game at least, maybe maybe a full game. But you're you're seeing a full almost 30 cents on the dollar come down okay so yeah, what happens on that yeah what happens on that well of course uh steph wins 2-0 he wins in straights and crushes zverev so where was your closing line value at on zverev like you were so stoked to get him as such a plus money dog get those games maybe on him and he got absolutely waxed all right your closing value closing line value was in the trash <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was the wrong side to be on. And this is a trend that I think you can, I, this is a trend that I think happens a lot uh, in the market. Okay. A couple other examples. Uh, we had uh, Taylor Fritz, who we spent a lot of time talking about last time 
uh, in Houston a couple weeks ago. He was a favorite against uh, Alejandro Tabilo. Um, obviously, it was like U.S. clay. So, you know, Tabilo had that great golden swing. He was the clay quarter. So, of course, everyone was hopping on him plus two and a half games, minus 105 when it opened. It closes plus one. So, you, you, by the time it closes, you've lost a game and a half. So you're feeling pretty like you're, this is your closing line value, right? Like you fucking, you got in there at two and a half games, closes a one, you're feeling pretty good. It, and he closed, his money line went up from 105 to minus 110. So, and what happens? Oh, he loses in straights. Uh, <laughs> one, <laughs> six, four, six, got absolutely dominated. All right. Wrong side. Uh, here's another example. Chilich. Versus uh, Kazmanovic at Indian Wells uh, earlier in March. Uh, he opened up around a minus 120, 130 favorite. He closed at minus 170. So he went up almost 30 to you know 50 cents on the dollar in that one, on the money line. What happens? Yeah, he got blown out. And then we can go all the way back to the AO where Alcaraz you know, I think he opened up around 165, 160 around uh, against Berrettini in, the, in their match. And uh, he closed at close to like 190. And uh, yeah, he lost that match as well. So when you're seeing the big swings like that, pay attention because you don't want to be on the wrong side. It's a trend that I think, you know, you can really take advantage of. Or you should just monitor. I mean, it's it's it, it, uh, it it's real. Definitely think that closing line value does exist in tennis. I'm not going to say it doesn't because obviously there are some matches where it's going to work out for you. I mean, that's just how shit works. But I'm saying I, I I've seen enough over the last like six months or so, at least in the 2022 season, monitoring the slates every day, like we do. That I, I kind of believe in in, in making plays off the market just as much as making plays off your tennis analysis. And I, I, I kind of just believe that in general. And that's against all that's with all sports gambling, because if you see significant line movement in one direction and you're still riding on the other side, because hashtag or quote unquote matchups, like, man, you are probably not that good of a gambler. <laughs> yeah, no, I fully agree with everything you just said. I mean, because like the odds makers do make odds. Obviously, they make odds makers make odds, but uh, they make odds like a lot of the times, like depending on like what have you done for me lately. And if you look at like Tabillo versus Fritz and things like that, like they're just like, oh yeah, Tabillo's clay guy. And but like if you look at it at a broader scale, like, Fritz is a better tennis player. Like, you know, yes, <laughs> it's like the market's going to be like, dude, to billow, to billow, to billow. And, and that's where the majority of the people are probably going to go. So they're going to juice that thing. And like even looking at obviously Sitsi Paz versus uh, Zverev, like Sitsi goes what? All three. He goes against yeah, down sportsmen, to the wire. you know, and In- then- incredible. I mean, one of the matches of the year. Yeah, like what the hell was going on in that match? Like we still can never figure that out. But like at that point, like we were just like, what the hell? Like he kind of just like snuck through that whole thing. But Sitsipas, historically speaking, has just shredded Zverev, you know? So it's like Zverev, uh, I guess, played better in the, the, the whatever the consensus is eyes. Well, he's had a couple. Room? He had a couple good hard court wins against him um, last year. Yeah, and okay. they did go five sets, like Acapulco. Yeah, like he beat him in the Ac- final. He beat Acapulco. him in Acapulco, and he beat him uh, in Cincinnati too. So, I mean, it's just like, but it's um, if you look at it from no, a there bird's was no way. View, that, yeah, I mean, Steph was the play all the way. We we put exactly. it on. That was our free play. I had, I was like, I mean, I was, I was riding high on that one. I, I don't try to get too cocky or confident on Twitter, with it, <laughs> but I, I used the uh, Banderas emoji when I, I saw <laughs> that line was uh, crashing. Like when it went down from the, that first move from 148 down to 138, I, I put the Banderas like, Ooh, 
Yeah, you've been saving that one for the optimal moment where I it mean, like that was you. like, dude, that was like, oh my god! And then it fell all the way to minus one. I I already had it locked in at minus one twenty five. I, I should have doubled it. I, well, because I was like, I had it at one twenty five, and landed at one twenty. I was like, yeah, you know, if things cool. go awry, I could probably get you know a better value live. Like it's not that you know, to double dip on that, but yeah well i mean you never really sense but like you're never gonna get in at the best spot and you know you'll probably never cash out at the best spot if you're just trying to do that but But, you you got in and you don't want to be over invested so i you made the right move yeah and it's like 120 was ended up being like the the best number because uh, he had an early break and then he did get broken to you know get zavera back on serve but I doubt yeah. it. I, I mean, I wasn't really watching the numbers live. I was watching the match actually, and uh, I, I doubt it got, you know, I doubt it. We saw any plus value. So no. And then, like, even on top of all this whole thing, it's just like, it, like pre-match getting in odds. That's important. And uh, even like if you're watching though live, it's also good just to check the odds too because. Like if you're pretty confident that these players are going to be holding serve and everything like that, um, you'll notice that the commentators are always just always like trying to paint a story. So they're making it more dramatic than it seems, especially if like someone's serving down love 30, like they make it seem like it's very possible that they're going to get broke. But um, like if you just stand a little further back and then you kind of filter out all the BS that the commentators are throwing at you, um, you'll find a good, live odds because those things waver like freaking crazy like point to point sometimes and if you see that happening but you're confident that that player is going to hold serve like jump in like when that player's down love 30 and stuff like that and you'll get great odds and like you might even get uh like both players at plus odds at one point if you actually pay attention pretty damn closely like i got um plus odds on both like Alcaraz and Corda. It's not the greatest way to, um, to bet if you're just trying to like win money, but like it's good for hedging and everything like that. So yeah, I always take a look live and especially if the, the commentators are just trying to fluff this whole thing up. Well, I mean, to quote Adam uh, Levitan from uh, Establish a Run, we're out here grinding our cocks off trying to fucking win some money <laughs> on these slates. So, I mean, if you're guaranteed profit, locking in a plus on both sides, then, yeah, you should you should definitely uh, do that. Um, it's also, I mean, I, I actually heard a good tip on VSEN to just do that in the NBA because you, you, oh. take, you take the heavy dog live. Or, I mean, you take the heavy dog pre-tip and then eventually, you know, there's going to be a point where <laughs> the favorite will probably be at plus money as well. And this guy was like, I was, I was, you know, getting 40, $50 of profit on every NBA game. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's grinded out work, but you know, if you're an everyday player, you could, you know, stack a few units doing that in tennis as well, especially, you know, this clay season with guys going down break, coming back. I mean, we're about to head a, a stretch of the the tour schedule where a set and a, you know being a set down and and a breakdown in the next set doesn't mean shit. So you know you're 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 gonna see plus odds on both sides a lot coming up. So I think that's a good tip, Derek, and a good point. It's like you 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 can lock yourself in to plus money on both sides and just walk away with some profit. Yeah, sometimes just a little bit of interest will make your day. All right, Derek. Well, we talked about Monte Carlo a little bit with the Sitsipas uh, Zverev match. Uh, let's do a quick review here. Uh, we nailed Steph winning that last week on this very podcast. Uh, however, Casper uh, Ruud made us look like fools. Uh, I believe I said he's going to beat the crap out of Dimitrov. And of course, he goes down <laughs> immediately, immediately. After, this, after this podcast got posted. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't even think this was like fresh on the podcast feeds where that made me look like a fucking asshole. But um, we did go on our free plays for the week 11 and 6. So I'm pretty stoked on that. Um, oh, yeah. I, I would say, um, you know, the big takeaway and the fallout, you know, since we've recorded uh was uh Davidovich Fokina he went all the way to the final he covered the game spread in the final you know he obviously had a great tournament 
Uh, are we fading him, tailing him? Where are you at with uh, Fokina? <laughs> I'm watching him. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dr. Headcase over there. Uh, you never know which way he's going to go. But goddamn, dude, he looked so good last week. Like, yeah, he beat Novak. But, like, if you watched him play against Fritz, it's like he lost that first set. And then he lost, I think, 6-2. He got broke at the very end, so he actually lost by two breaks. But you're like, Fritz actually kind of got lucky in that first set. And then I kind of just felt like that match was going to turn. And I had my money on Fritz pre-match, and then... Luckily, I hedged like after that first set, and I was like, "This doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right." Uh, Fokina has got this challenging every single one of Fritz's service games, so that's what made me want to hedge right there. Um, as as a player going forward, ugh, I mean, never don't bet against this guy. I on clay, I would not do that. Um, what do you think? I mean, he can go either way just because he's a head case, but that's the, I don't know, the question I think. Uh, yeah, my my personal opinion is uh, this guy was on a magical run last week. I mean, I, I agree with you that he really challenged Fritz, but my God, when I watched the highlights back, this guy was making insane shots. Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, he was redlining, as they say. So, like, it's tough. The guy was clearly on a heater. Um, you know, people were when he was down against Dimitrov, or when he was up against Dimitrov, rather, people were 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 all about the Dimitrov live. Um, and 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 he actually was down, I believe, a break in the third and came back to win. So, yeah, I mean, I think he is uh someone to, I mean, monitor his, what he's doing going forward because I I really. It, <laughs> Even after this magical run, I, I don't have a lot of trust in him. I mean, the guy got bageled by Corda like in the tournament before <laughs> yeah. this, um, which was hard. And Clay might be his surface, but I, I mean, I, I think the, the the key thing is to remember Fokina come French Open because I do feel like he's going to have some solid opportunities in that with five sets and uh, that larger field of draw. The guy's going to have a lot of opportunities to make money for you. Yeah, it'll be interesting where he lands up. Um, people do not want to play that guy where he's at right now. Um, but if his head's in the wrong spot, uh, you'll want to play against him. So I'd say just don't play him in the first round in the French or anything like that. We'll talk about that later uh, when the French comes around. But yeah, I don't know. Just be hesitant. Yeah, we'll see. what You got to monitor what he does up until then. But I, I, I'm still not totally buying in myself. Um, maybe I'm being a hater. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's just such a mental case. So, all right, Derek, well, let's pivot from last week into this week. We have two sites. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is ATP Barcelona. Uh, that's what my zoom background is now that my coworkers have not commented on. Um, I even like said in a meeting that, uh, Rain uh, caused play to be suspended, and no one gave one shit. Didn't even fucking <laughs> take debate on that. It's no big deal. Um, Did you bring guy- a basketball by chance, and everyone just chimed in? <laughs> well, I, uh, uh, people are, I think, a little bit more apt to talk about, yeah, stuff like that. But okay, this is a little off topic, I guess, just because I'm going to be talking about basketball for a split second. But, like, dude, I've been watching basketball just because, obviously, playoffs are on. And I'm, like, always forget how boring it is to watch for me, personally. I'm, like, dude, people talk about how they don't like watching tennis because it's boring. And then I'm, like, watching basketball. is like, do they give these teams what seems like an unlimited amount of timeouts? And a real big strategy in basketball is to call timeouts to slow the game down. And I'm, like, dude, this game needs to have less timeouts. It's so boring it's like watching casper rude play against <laughs> casper rude oh, i was like god rude rude on rude crime yeah it sucks oh, i was like okay. well i will say i was listening to uh i listened to follow the money uh, on vsin their their show uh their podcast um and in, in podcast form they're on they, they broadcast here locally on spectrum actually in the morning um and they used to be on serious but um they were complaining I think it was like the the Philly game. They shot um, 
33 free throws in the first quarter (laughs) over 40 minutes yeah that's a great pace (laughs) so yeah i i understand i haven't been watching i mean honestly as uh, we record in los angeles uh, i'm a lakers fan um i mean i would even have taken the clippers in the playoffs which they obviously didn't make (laughs) yeah Uh, i don't know i'm kind of out on the playoffs but i will say the nba has a ton of great players right now and uh, yeah it's an exciting time in the league yeah, and, I do uh, love Jaw. I'm not hating on basketball as a whole, but yeah, and, big Jaw uh, fan. I, I think and if you want my basketball take, uh, uh, a healthy Luca, um, I think the Mavs are going to win a title very soon. Mm-hmm. He's the best player in the league. All right, Jake, well, let's shift back to ATP Barcelona. The big headline here that I have written, it's Revenge of the Hard Quarters. This is a clay tournament, Derek, but you wouldn't know it by the results, okay? We've got Lloyd Harris taking out uh, RCB and Ramos. Um, this guy stunk all year. He just beat two clay guys on clay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got uh, Ilya Ivashka, my baby boy, taking out Pedro Martinez. I saved my baby boy because I always post him uh, on our free plays. I think that guy's pretty good. Um, but I will say I, I posted him. Uh, uh, I think he was like plus four versus Martinez, which was too much because he literally took a set off Nadal last year in this tournament. So I, I felt pretty good about Avashka in that spot. Uh, Ugo Umber, who has stunk all year, he came to life and beat Pablo Andujar, who had like the crowd behind him. But I will say um, I was awake with my crying child that, that we're trying to sleep train <laughs> in the <laughs> overnight. And I, I was able to watch this match next to her crying. Uh, we're doing the chair method, Derek. Um, and so How's I that just, working out? I mean, I just have to sit next to her while she cries. It's great. You should so, get a professional to help you out with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, while, I, while I listened to my child cry, I watched uh, uh, Pablo Andujar, who I picked to win by two and a half games, go down to Ugo Umber in straights. Um Yikes. Uh, Nakashima survived the Spanish qualifier, who was clearly a clay guy. Mackie McDonald beat Grenier, a lucky loser, who I think profiles as a clay guy. I mean, we had uh, Tobiner taking out Corda. I think Corda is a clay guy-ish, but um, I, you know, the, the true clay guy is Tobiner. And hopefully I'm saying his name right. You know, this is a tournament uh, up until the, the rain and the, the winds today. That's a little bit quicker, and uh, you can find your footing a little bit more so far. Yeah, let's start off with Lloyd. Um, I saw he got, like, what, nine aces against uh, Carvalho's Baena, and then he got 11 against Ramos Vignolas. So I guess his serve is on, and that's obviously the thing that you're looking for with him. And I don't know. What are you, what are you looking at with him versus Demonor? Because you got... Demonor, who's I guess he's a different player than the last two opponents that Harris has played. Demonor is coming off of a win against Ugo, and then he a had a three set win. Five. Ugo got a set. He seems to be, I don't know, I always think he's rounding in the form, then he never is. Now, I, I gotta be honest, I like Demonor here. I, I like the idea of. Uh, guys that have uh, speed and athleticism on these courts, I, I think they can kind of grip and get and get the balls. Um, I, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Lloyd Harris, to be honest. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Okay, yeah, I'm with that. Like, I, I think Demonor is just a better player, and then I yeah, think- I also think he's a better player overall. But you know, I hate to say it, but like honestly, more consistent this year, maybe not last year, but uh-huh. <laughs> he's, he's been like a little bit. More We're always talking about this guy because he's like always in the middle of the draws and we just don't know which way to like settle on this guy. Same with Lloyd too, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, Lloyd is, I mean, he's been terrible. I he's barely won any matches. I wish I had uh, written down how many. I mean, he barely has any wins. So, I mean, honestly, two wins in a row in a tournament, I think, is maybe his best tournament all year. It's pretty damn bad. Yeah, he made some runs last year and then made zero runs up. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I would go with Demonor. It's just a safer play, you know? Even just take the games, too. Well, they both have anemic clay uh, elos, so it's a, it's a tough tough one. Um, so we have a couple hard quarters um, on 
on clay there. Just going down the show sheet here, Alcaraz dropped a set to Quan today. If I was his coach, I would have made him run laps for doing that. Um, that's not something you need to do. Um, I actually, I'm glad I didn't. And I was actually telling someone <laughs> that I was kicking myself for not playing the under 18 games in that match. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Alcaraz goes and loses the second set. So uh, that's another reason <laughs> that I feel like maybe these are uh, hardcore friendly um, clay courts with Quan, you know, able to win 6-2 against Alcaraz. It, it wasn't a very good match for Alcaraz, although I do think he ended up covering. No, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think he did. I think he, um, I think it was five and a half. I think it fell five. Oof. So last week I was saying how Alcaraz possibly might not be a clay guy, even though he's, it's like a, he's from Spain or whatever. And there's that general statement that all Spanish guys are clay, but are clay guys. So he's up against Munar, and Munar is bona fide clay dude. I think this is actually going to be like a really good test to see where he's at on clay. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Munar, he's another guy like uh, Kazmanovic, and that he's uh, out there to make you cook yourself, um, and doesn't bring a lot of winners to the to, to the table. Um, and you know what? I mean, on clay, Alcaraz, he'll cough it up. So. It will be, uh, I do feel like he will break Alcaraz, and the way he'll do it is Alcaraz, uh, especially because it's kind of windy there. The, the 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 weather seems to be taking effect. Um, so, you know, he could be biffing stuff long, just missing um, and breaking himself. That's uh, honestly, the, the only way Carlos Alcaraz gets broke is by unforced error. Mm-hmm. You're not, that's the only way. <laughs> so... Um, this is a guy who profiles as someone who forces a lot of unforced errors, um, because he's able to rally. So, yeah, I, although I honestly feel like he's going to beat the brakes off him. So, yeah, like if this court is moving faster than it was last week at Monte Carlo, then I think, yeah, Alcaraz has the advantage here. So, because he just didn't have his footing under him last week, and I, I don't know, it just it seemed like he just wasn't confident in his play and he just was not getting to shots that he should have returned and stuff like that. And, but it's a different court this week. It's a different story. So yeah, let's roll with Alcaraz on that one. Yeah. I mean, they're both um, Spanish obviously. So kind of a home tournament ish for both. Um, Mallorca might be a better home court for one of these guys too. Um, but at the same time, um, they're, uh, what I'm trying to say is they're both going to have some fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so the crowd, and it's nice to have the crowds back. That I mean, like, uh, in the, I was I was saying I was watching that Andujar um, Umber match. We like to say like someone's whole village came to support a an, a, <laughs> a player. I Ugo had his whole bakery. I believe the family has a bakery. Um, all the employees I think got paid vacation to come and support him. <laughs> they have a bakery, like are you yeah, talking he, about in France or like in yes, Barcelona? In France, he, that's how it, like yeah, he's like the uh, the scion of of bakers. That's that's the family business. That's the family business. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, they were all there screaming. It reminded me. Do you remember um, the pair? Uh, uh, Montero match and at the AO, like Pear had like this <laughs> random crowd that was like randomly screaming for him. It was a lot like that. Like it was like <laughs> just like these isolated cheers from like one, like a few people. It was very weird. And they're um, just by far the loudest people in the entire crowd, even though they're just like a crowd of like four people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a good gang. Well, we mentioned I mentioned Alcaraz because I I still think this is his to lose. Um, I'm I'm still on that train. The, the, the loss last week and, and dropping a set to Quan has not um, deterred me from this guy's going to win a lot. That narrative. You're saying this uh, tournament is his to lose, or you're saying oh, that yeah. this match the, against Munar is his no, to the, lose? No, the tournament is his to lose for sure. He's going to play with that one guy that's really good on clay. In his yeah, game. he's going to play Steph uh, <laughs> in, in, in the quarters. 
So that's going to be, well, Steph has to beat Dimitrov and uh, you know, <laughs> he will. <laughs> yeah, uh, he will. And he's just got to mop up against Avashka, which he's has a, he's already on his sizable way. lead. He has a sizable lead. I got so screwed. So I, you know, on our free plays this week, we're, we're three and three. I haven't been posting all that much. Um, Cause it's been kind of a weird week with the two sites. And I don't know. I haven't really loved a lot of the matchups. Um, I, I, I really like the one site I've decided that's my thing. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> in one place. I kind of know what's going on, but, uh, but yeah, Avashka was plus five and a half. And I was like, he just had the great performance against, um, Pedro. He's, you know, he took a set off the doll and then I get, you know, just screwed by the weather. I mean, they had a huge rain delay. The wind was crazy, and he goes really <laughs> he's cold just, too, right? He's like just yeah. The 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 court that was like preferable to uh, hard quarters were just was just gone. <laughs> it became a true clay court. So that's something to monitor though moving forward for the rest of the week is the weather and how that's going to just completely flip the script on what this court is like for these players. Yeah, like it was so cold that. I didn't even see Tiafo sweat and he was wearing long sleeves. <laughs> That's unheard. That's of pretty me. cold. <laughs> That's very cold. Well, we'll see what, yeah. I mean, obviously he's going to be Devashka. I just thought Devashka would could cover five and a half games. So only like a million games in a three set match, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still think definitely levels the playing field a bit for, for Sitsipas versus Alcaraz, but I, I'm still taking Alcaraz to beat him. Uh, yeah i don't know i I can't do that i I would like to see alcaraz win but yeah i don't know if if that's like uh, the matchup and let's see say sitsi post does pretty good damage to dimitrov uh alcaraz is probably gonna get a decent amount of games what do you think like three two and a half three three and a half against sitsi post yeah He'll be the favorite. Alcaraz? Yeah. Against Sitsipas? Oh, yeah, for sure. You think so? 100%. Well, hell, I hope so then. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know. I would take Sitsipas in that, in that spot. I, I would not. But You think I, he has a, he's going to be the favorite because it's in Spain or just because he's a better player? He's Alcaraz. And, yeah. Huh. Okay. Even on clay? He does have a clay title this year. Like he did win Rio, which I believe is a 500. Okay. Huh. Sitsipas has a clay title this year, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, imagine he won before. Yeah. All right. Tournament he won before. Uh huh. Yeah. Two years in a row. Yeah. I don't know. Right. We'll see. This is, it'll, it'll be a good um, litmus test for, you know, that. I, I, if that's a little rivalry we got going, I think that's exciting. That's much better to me than the, the, the Vare of Sitsipas. Uh, yeah, that thing is not really a rivalry, I don't think. Or even that interesting, to be honest. Um, they're both very, uh, like the, them two together being tall and like how they their styles are very boring to watch together. I remember a few years ago before the Laver Cup and uh, Sitsi Poss got announced that he was going to be in it and they're like, Sitsi Poss and it's going to face off against Kyrgios, the rivalry to last for a lifetime or something and they're just marketing the hell out of that thing i'm like okay now in hindsight it's like i i don't know if they've ever really even played each other since then i think we can both agree though that the winner of that match is going to make the final because they'll have to face cam nori fuchovic Dimonor, or lloyd harris uh, <laughs> there's casper rudes in the mix so no no that uh, in the draw no that's the, bo- that's oh, the bottom oh okay yeah sorry 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 yeah yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, let's talk about the bottom half with Rude. Okay, I'm going to put all my eggs in the Rude basket again. Hopefully uh-huh. he doesn't just take them one by one and smash them against the wall like he did last <laughs> week. He has a pretty a pretty nice draw again. Um, this is what happens when you win. You get nice draws, all right? That's uh, uh, if you're an aspiring tennis player out there, take yeah. that advice. <laughs> yeah, win matches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, he's going to play Busta. I mean, there's no way that I think he loses to Busta unless he, like, really biffs it. And then he's going to take on the winner of, you know, it's going to be either 
uh, oh no! Well, he's first of all, he's going to beat the brakes off of Rusevori, who is not a clay quarter, and he's going to destroy him. I'm interested to see what that line is. Well, that actually might be up. Yeah, it's already at five games, so they are aware of the fact that he's going to beat the brakes off him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Then it's um, probably Busta. I I mean, we 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 poo pooed Sonego last week, and uh, I think rightfully so. I don't know that like his couple wins against Emer. And he didn't even have a he has one win. He beat Elias uh he beat Elias. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> On clay. My, my stance still remains the same. A- as we said last week, maybe not the first couple rounds because they'll probably play someone <laughs> that he'll just be able to beat. Um and then yeah so okay so then he'll play um if he beats Busta it's just gonna be you know FAA, Tiafo, Musetti, or Schwartzman. He already beat Schwartzman once this year pretty easily. And I think he's probably like the top pick to come out of there. I want to talk about Schwartzman though for a minute. I, I you know, it's easy to like fade or like talk shit about that guy, but man, you know what? He competes. Oh, dude, oh. Kid, kid can ball. Yeah. For sure. Like he went, like he, to, to come back like he did last week against Sissy Poss. And then like I was looking, um, as a tournament review for last year on tennis TV, which pro tip, that's pretty cool actually. And in an hour, you can just kind of catch up on what all happened, but he was down a set and a break to Tiafo and came back and beat the brakes. <laughs> he probably covered in the end, uh, to be honest. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I don't know, man, like Schwartzman, you know, it's easy to talk shit about this guy cause he's so easily broken and it's like what he's very frustrating to bet on or bet against. But yeah, I just think that, um, he, you know, probably deserves a little bit more of our respect than we, than we give him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's very easy to break, but I think he's one of the best guys on tour to break somebody else. So uh, it all evens out right in the end. Yeah. I'm interested I'm interested to see what happens uh, between him and Musetti. Uh, Musetti, I will say, I think last week I said, how is he on a roll? He kind of is on a roll now. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'd take Schwartzman there. I mean, Musetti's weapon is obviously his drop shot, and Schwartzman can cover that thing with his speed. So uh, if you kind of eliminate that weapon, and assuming Musetti doesn't really change his game up too much, yeah, I think Schwartzman should not run away with it, but I think he should win in the end. So it sounds like we're pretty much um, assuming that either Schwartzman or Rude will make the final in the bottom half yeah. versus uh, Sitsipas or Alcaraz in the top half. Um, I would – I'm still I, – I think Alcaraz is going to win this thing, man. I really do. Oh, yeah. No, I'm with Sitsipas two weeks in a row. You're just going to – you're just going to roll – like that yeah. the greek god uh, the the greek god i'm not a big fan of sitsipas i think his game sometimes is as boring as basketball but uh, uh, if you're asking me who's gonna win i'd take sitsipas here he's just so good on clay it's kinda, i don't know he can even elevate his game on clay i agree it, it's kind of crazy all right Derek. well let's move on to the other site here we have the serbia open and belgrade we're kind of bearing the lead here because obviously uh, number one player in the world, Novak Djokovic, is in this. He um, he had to pull out all the stops in a, a three-set tiebreak win against uh, Laszlo Gera. Um, <laughs> big that's yikes. A, that's a name <laughs> I did not expect at the end of that sentence. Yeah, that tiebreak. What the hell, Gera? Like, he was up 4-3, about to do two serves he was up that mini break and then he lost four straight points to lose seven four uh novak okay uh he doesn't look like novak he looks weathered like even physically he doesn't even look like him um of like athletically too he looks a little slower as well he hasn't been playing tennis i mean Mm -hmm. it's one thing to like you know to rally with dudes in practice, it's another thing to be on the tour. I, I mean, 
You know, I, I really think it matters. Uh, I think that part of the reason he did so well last year, because he was playing a lot of matches like he, you know, some of these guys like, you know, Nadal or, you know, fed the other big three, they're not on the, the draw for a two fifty. Novak yeah. played last year. He played a lot of uh, tournaments. Yeah, he like, played a ton, but it like makes me wonder like how well he would have done in Australia. Like granny would have played some lead up tournaments going into the AO. But like now watching him here, like if you brought those like that performance to those lead up tournaments, I'm like, I don't know how far he would have gotten. Like, I don't know how far he would have even gotten at the AO. So, well, but- here's the thing, though, too. I will say he's playing three set tennis and, you know, his his game is not really built around three set tennis. It's built yeah. around five set tennis. That's true. So. You know, I mean, take that. I mean, for, he's Novak. He can definitely adapt and stuff like that. Like, he, there's no, he has no business going to a third set tiebreak or even a third set against Laszlo Gera. Like, no way. Well, I, I mean, the people that were, like, crushing Gera for missing shots, I mean, uh, Gera isn't very good. No, he's <laughs> he kind of sucks, like, to be honest. Like, I don't know. I was watching that this like, morning. I was reading and I was the like, timeline. What is going were, like, on? People were like treating Jerry like he's like like some fucking goat. Out. Like I mean, I don't know. Like no. it, it was very weird to me that they were like crushing Jerry for missing shots. Like I mean, he's lucky to be in a position to miss shots. <laughs> <laughs> he's lucky he even gets his racket on things. Yeah, yeah. It blew my mind when I woke up and I was like, "This match is still on." I was like course it's still on and i was like dude did novak just go big on 420 day or something like that i was like the hell's well he's been a shitty live bet like for a while i i dating back to last year even after um the uso i i mean i think it was in the the atp finals uh i bet on him when he dropped the set against I, i forget who and um yeah he didn't fucking win that match he didn't win against fucking Vasily. He didn't win against fucking whoever he played last. What did he lose to last time out? Um, Davidovich Fokina. Yeah, he did lose to Fokina. Like that, that, that Joker live bet. I was like, fuck that. I'm not doing this again. But then I actually did. When it was at 5 5, I was like, okay. It was, it was 5 5 in the second, and he was still plus 145. I was like, all right, I'll take a bite. So I did. I did. Holy bet him crap. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I, I originally saw him at like minus 130 when he was down a set, and I was like, He's minus one thirty against Jira. He was like, I don't even care if Jira's got like a match point or three match points against this guy. <laughs> it's like this uh Djokovic should not be a minus one thirty, but you got him at plus one forty, is that what he said? One forty, yeah, plus one forty five. It was five all in the in the second. Hot damn. Yeah, good win. That was nice. Pays to pay attention live. Um all right. Well, uh, I personally, let's, just talking macroly about this draw, I, I personally feel like uh, this is going to be much ado about nothing, and Novak is going to win this tournament. He didn't win it last year. He lost to Karatsev in the final, I believe, which was pretty dope. Um, but, you know, he's playing, um, you know, the the hot kid on the block and uh, Kazmanovic next uh it's only two and a half games i believe you said uh everyone's gonna yeah. be all it's, i mean watch you, you want to talk about what i talked about earlier watch watch this line move um because it's gonna move it's gonna take a a, a ride and uh, everyone's gonna be on uh kasmanovich so uh I, i'm firmly on the novak the side He's gonna beat the. I think he's gonna beat the shit out of this guy. I, I'm ready. You know. You know why? Because he he's got some. He had his got his sea legs back. That's my narrative. He's got his he's got his legs back, and uh, he's gonna be able to hit winners, and he's not gonna make mistakes. I don't know. He, he could very well just lose to to Kasmanovich, So I don't know. But I, I, I it's a tough matchup for for Miomir because like, uh, I mean, if Novak actually does snap back into form, like he's fucked. Yeah, and by I mean, the way, this is a rematch of the first round of the AO, or what it should have been. <laughs> that is true. Kasmanovich actually took freaking that thing by the reins, and I don't know. 
he took advantage of that thing. So, but the whole what have you done for me lately? Uh, odds makers stance on this. I mean, Kashmanovich obviously been on a heater. Novak obviously not three on and a, two. He's been on a, he's been on a cooler. <laughs> yeah, I've been on a cooler. So yeah, the line's probably going to move in giving Kachmanovich uh, less games, I guess, or worse odds, however you want to look at it. So if you're looking to ride Novak, you take a look at the line and keep looking at it. So I, I, I just feel like I don't know. That, that's such a chump trendy play. But if Novak plays like how he did today and Kachmanovich plays like how he's been playing lately, he should beat Novak. Serb I mean, on Serb in Serbia. I mean, I it's know. Battle of Serbs, right? Yeah. I mean, Novak just played a Serb as well, too, today. And I don't think Jera really has a bakery full of employees that he could uh, he doesn't bring have to a, the court. He doesn't have <laughs> a family a cheering section. To bring? <laughs> no, he does not. I don't know. I don't really know the the family's background for Les Shera. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Derek. Well, I, there's a player in this tournament that I want to highlight, uh, and that is uh, a player that you know a lot of people are, are hot on. His name is Holger, Holger Rune, and uh, I listened to the ATP podcast, and you know I was kind of blown away um, because I don't hear a lot of people saying this, but this guy's goal is to be the number one player in the world. He's not, like, beating around the bush, okay? You know what I would love to hear? Other players saying that. All right, mm-hmm. this guy did it. It actually got me a lot of buy-in, and I'm driving down Narrative Street because, you know, like you, you, this is just a press interview, a little presser, like bio on him. But man, I, I if that's your goal, kid, and you're playing well, and he is, he's playing well. Like this is a a, a fairly decent draw for him to kind of make a little bit pu- of a push to to get some points and move up. And the ranks. Um, he's playing Tarot Daniel next. I think he's very alive in that to win if he doesn't win. Uh, and then he gets uh, Andre Rublev. I mean, what you know, obviously on paper, Rublev will beat him, but like I think that I've watched Rublev drop a set to Quan in recent memory. I you know, I mean, like, yeah. I don't, it's not like out of the realm of possibilities for Rubinet to, 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 to pull off that upset. And then if he gets by Rublev, which is a big if, don't get me wrong, but if he gets by Andre, I mean, he's playing the winner of fucking like Fog or Fonini and uh, Karantsev. Yeah. I mean, if he beats Rublev and gets that big upset, this kid is making the final fact. Uh, Very possible. Um, But also not (laughs) likely i would say okay so let's take a look at taro daniel first of all i feel like taro daniel and holger are pretty even what do you uh this is a well holger might have an edge i believe daniel made you know what i believe daniel made the final i believe actually i take that back what i said before i believe karasa beat um novak in the semis and i believe uh daniel was in the final Hmm. was he I know Daniel I, made a run in this tournament, and he was a lucky loser. I, I, drinking, I, I saw this week he was drinking beers and lifting weights. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did he see was, that tweet. That was <laughs> pretty amazing antidote. Uh, so I remember he made a pretty good run this tournament. I should have written down what, how far he made it. but I know he Yeah, made I think run. he made it to like the semis or something like that. So, so Taro, let, okay. I think that Holger has a chance against Daniel. Uh, Rublev kind of notorious for being a lot of players first top 10 victory. So there is a possibility that Rublev, I think has been playing pretty well. Um, and he has one dimensional game. Like I, I, said, I just want to point out that Holger is a minus two thirty five favor against Daniel. Oof. How many He's games going is to beat Tara Daniel fact. Oh, okay. How many games is they, are they giving Tara Daniel three and a half? He might cover that. Yeah, I like that kid. Uh, Holger Rune, that's your guy, huh? I mean, I'm based I, upon uh, his determination number one, one and his recent results. Yeah, that that is crazy. Like, like that's a 
bold statement. I, I like the, uh, I don't know. I like him shooting for the stars. Like if you listen to Opalka, like his dream is just to win a slam. You know, like I think Fritz's goal is to make it to the ATP finals. <laughs> it's like they're trying to make these goals that are attainable. I don't, I don't know if uh, like Opelka winning a slam is attainable, but it's possible, I guess. Like his game style. He could win the USL. Yeah, he could make it through. I mean, <laughs> Holger Rune, yeah, he could make it to this final. I don't know. I, I'm just I, saying. I'm going to say he stops at Rublev, though. I see that. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I mean, conventional wisdom, of course, is that's what happens. But, yeah. you know, Andre, he's not exactly uh, trustworthy. Yeah. But he's going to get a hell of a lot of games, though, against Rublev. Is he? If he, uh, I, I hopefully he does. That'd be nice. Like, probably four, four and a half. I don't know. Watch him lose to Terry Daniel now that I've already hyped him <laughs> up, to be honest. Let me yeah, let just, me let me record like if it happens, because I won't have this out. I'll record the other side. Be like, don't even upload this. I'll be like I should be like, oh, I see Tarot Daniel is a uh <laughs> just plus one ninety five dog against Holger Rune. That kid stinks. Yeah. Six oh six one Tarot <laughs> Daniel. Let's mark it right now. I don't know. Do you know what's weird though is uh, Daniel? I mean, that was actually a huge win for him against Leovich. So he had a really, I think he was like 0 and 4 against that guy. Yeah. So, yeah, but got the Schneid against him. Still an interesting quote from Rune. Uh, I'll keep that in mind though and see how, where his confidence is going to take him. A lot of confidence. Uh, I think he's taking QAs this week. I saw on Twitter. I don't know, man. I'm kind of buying in a little bit. What about Oscar? I tell you what, I'm I, I'm a little. I've been leaving dubs all week on the free plays board. Uh, to to Bilo has been over in America. Played the uh, Sarasota Challenger last week. Mm-hmm. Flew over for this thing. Oscar Ate was like a dog to him. I wanted to to do this the set one money line plus one and twenty five. I literally had that typed out on Twitter, but I, I it was not until the next day I realized. And then the, a day passed, and I, I just didn't follow up with it because like, oh, he had another day of rest. Like, but yeah, then he beats Alejandro and straights. Brutal. Should have posted that. <laughs> Everyone's got regrets, man. Don't I hate about. Ate though. He is like, he's like the I. It's so random. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the guy you always want to pick on that you should not be bullying? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. He's uh, probably I, like the, he's very live against uh, Karatsa. Who's minus one fifty seven? That seems like a what are the well, minus one fifty seven? What kind of like? <laughs> kind of. Uh, I tell you who lost as a minus one fifty eight uh, favorite um, recently it was uh, Felix against. Um, Fucking uh, Musetti last week. Okay, so plus yeah, one thirty-seven. That yeah, that is that is some weird algorithm shit. Okay. All right, Derek. Well, let's round to the finish here. I, you know, you do you think? Are you putting Kazmanovic in the the final? Uh, let's see. We haven't even talked about. Hat- I think Hatchinoff. Uh, we don't need to talk about Hatchinoff. He's not making it to the final. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm putting Ketchmanovic versus. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go with Rublev. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean he's the best I, player I, in the bottom I, of the half. Obviously. Yeah, I choose his tires too. I think he I don't feel obligated for, for that, but I really, honestly, do believe that Rublev is gonna make it to the final. I think he picked this for a reason to get some clay um, experience in, uh, as opposed to Barcelona, where he might be susceptible to losing kind of early. Uh huh. Yeah, good point. Um. Yeah, Ketchmanovich versus Rublev. You know, I will take. Yeah, I'll take Ketchmanovich just to win the whole thing. All right, yeah. I'm running Joker. He's winning this fucking thing. Oh, the safe pick. <laughs> 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 okay, 
Yeah, the safe pick really? that everyone is fading tomorrow, which will just by the time you listen to this, he will either probably won or lost. So uh, I'll either look like a fool or a genius. But uh, that's uh, the joy of recording midweek. And um, but if you're a tennis fan, you like gambling on tennis, this was a great conversation. Uh, I hope you will subscribe to our podcast as we're trying to be more routine. I, I do think we have uh, committed to trying to record Wednesday nights for this to be on Thursdays coming out and uh, yeah, weekly, I know just a little, you know, little, little ATP content, have some fun. Some guys talking about tennis. You don't get that enough in your life. No, this is actually one of the very few places you can hear people talk about tennis. So yeah, come and subscribe and check us out. Hopefully every Thursday morning as we record on uh, Wednesday nights. All right. Uh, Until next time, see you in the court.